Hello, creeps. Welcome to the Horror Vanguard. I'll be your ghost. I mean host for today's exciting tale of terror. The Mask of the Red Death, or Edgar Allan Poe is a flat circle. <laughs> hello, hello everybody, and welcome back to another Horror Vanguard minisode. Uh, we are still here we're still talking about any and all horrors to do with the horrors that we are all currently collectively living through ash ash how you doing man um i'm i'm alive and well uh, it's all all things considered during the pandemic um which is really good news as you may have noticed there has been some slight irregularity to horror vanguard over the last few days this is because Ash um, has just moved, which is amazing, but maybe the most stressful time that anyone could possibly do that. Yeah, just a little bit. So, what are we what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about today? Well, for for today's uh, pandemic short episode, we'll be talking about Edgar Allan Poe's "The Mask of the Red Death," one of the OG pandemic gothic texts, I believe. Is it, I mean, like, I don't know um, which came first, this or Mary Shelley's pandemic story, but it's got to be pretty early mm. in terms of, like, massive viral apocalypse fiction. Yeah, I mean, I think Shelley must be first, but this has got to be uh, maybe one of the most enduringly popular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, it came out in 1842, and it's still it's still hitting the charts. People love The Mask of the Red Death. And it's, uh, it's especially salient right now for reasons we'll get into. <laughs> um, now, obviously, in these shorter episodes, we're not going to do the full Ash plot breakdown. Um, but maybe you can just like very quickly explain what this, what this kind of text is. He set this story in 2020, and it's just really prophetic. Uh, <laughs> it, it features a bunch of rich uh, California weirdos setting up an isolated compound during the COVID-19 pandemic. And then mm-hmm. all of them slowly dying from COVID-19. It's it's yeah. weird how on the nose he was with this one. It's so strange. It's so strange, right? No, but really the um the, the story the story follows a pandemic sweeping uh Europe known as the Red Death. Within within 30 minutes of contracting it, you're sweating blood and dying. Uh mm-hmm. the story uh revolves around a character named Prince Prospero. Uh, Prospero gets the absolutely Elon Musk idea to get 1,000 <laughs> of his cool, rich, royal buddies to hide away in his super awesome Abbey retreat and weather the storm. Uh, unfortunately for them, the Red Death really doesn't care, and it comes knocking anyway. Uh, I love I love that they all go, yeah, everyone outside is dying, but we're, we're just going to throw the most lit party ever. Uh and it's a thousand rich people uh, enjoying this masquerade ball, this incredible months, month-long bacchanalia uh, <laughs> until, until a figure dressed in the clothes of the grave turns up at the party. Uh, and, you know, everything just goes downhill from there. Uh, so, 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 what do we want to talk about with... Um, I mean, this seems a little bit sort of like, you know, abstract. I don't really know how we're going to connect this to our current situation, Ash. 
Yeah, you know, when we when we first sat down to do this like pandemic mini series, I was like, man, how are we going to tie in these incredibly uh, prescient and relevant texts to what's going on today? I was just at a loss. <laughs> but, but this, but this one in particular, I think, uh, affords us an interesting opportunity because we're literally watching the same thing happen during COVID nineteen that Edgar Allan Poe was fictitiously uh, writing about during the Mask of the Red Death. Mm-hmm. This idea that some, I think this is this is the thing that I think we've said this before on the show, but like the one the one thing that the rich are, are genuinely afraid of is death, and so like a virus a, a virus doesn't doesn't care who you are, right? And honestly, isn't it isn't it mostly that this is being especially in its early stages, it was spread by rich people traveling the globe and taking taking this yeah. highly highly infectious and highly contagious disease to new places and now when it has come home to roost and um, particularly in Europe the UK the United States we're seeing what always happens class interest will always find its way out right in times of crisis what what do the rich do well uh, we we had a good run, folks, but you are you are on your own, <laughs> right? Like it's every every, every like uh, well-meaning center liberal is like, oh, where are the billionaires? Why aren't they helping us? But then all of the billionaires are currently like prototyping bomb collars and building compounds. Like they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This idea that this idea that you know, oh, they would they would get so much good publicity. It's like they don't care about that. They're rich enough not to not care about that. What they want is they want to guarantee their own survival. That's all they want. That's all they care about. And you're you are shockingly naive if you think anything else is important. I can't agree with that more. I think that's I think that's a really accurate assessment of of the situation. And like when when worldly goods really aren't an issue for you anymore, like like people like Elon Musk and Bill Gates have access to a level of wealth that's honestly frightening you know mm-hmm. like there there literally is nothing on this earth that they can't have when they ask for it mm-hmm. like literally nothing like there's there's nothing you can imagine that they can't have except for the escape of death they they too are bound to this like we are death is still the great equalizer outside of the fact that death is also disproportionate that death comes for the poor more quickly, death comes for people of color more quickly, death comes for the queer community more quickly than it ever will for billionaires because yeah, they have the resources absolutely. to stave it off for another day or two. Yeah. And I think that that ties directly into the Mask of the Red Death because what does Prince Prospero do? He could he could enact some kind of community plan. He's got the Batman problem. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. if, if Batman was really concerned about crime in Gotham City, Batman could use his nearly limitless technological brilliance and resources to revitalize his community and mm-hmm. and end poverty and homelessness and all of these things that create crime, you know, bring about a new yeah. equal Gotham. But he's not really mm-hmm. interested in that. He's more interested in this weird, like fetish cosplay thing he does every night. Yeah, Absolutely. And like that's that's what's going on in the Mask of the Red Death. Prospero Prospero could pour his resources into staving off the Red Death spreading through his communities, but instead he's just going to throw out like one final rager at the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And I I I think one thing that this whole situation has made 
abundantly clear is the fact that class interest will always out. It will always find a way to express itself. And we are we are kept uh, around because we are useful to, to the people with the genuinely unimaginable wealth. And occasionally they will kind of make a philanthropic gesture which is designed to kind of mollify us. You know, like people like Mark Zuckerberg giving $25 million and people going, isn't this amazing? And it's like, that's the equivalent of like someone with an average net worth giving 30 bucks and expecting like fawning adulation. And, and the thing about that though is that like, <clears throat> so so I see I see those those analogies all the time on Twitter where it's like oh like Bill Gates just gave away three hundred million dollars and well you know if you if you're making thirty thousand dollars a year that's the same thing as giving away a fuck crisp five dollar bill. But mm-hmm. the thing is is like for Bill Gates three hundred million dollars doesn't mean anything like that that amount of no. money literally is pointless to him because he has so much. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're only making twenty thousand dollars a year and you give away a crisp five dollar bill. Like that, that could have been dinner. Like that, that, that's an important amount of money to you. Like $5 is not insignificant. And like, yeah. like the, the economies of scale come into play here. Like when these people give away amounts of money, that's uh, money that seem ludicrous to us. It's pocket. It's not even pocket change to them. It's monopoly money to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this, this ties into something that's really important, which is the notion of value, right? You know, um, I, I, I think one thing that is maybe the most um, difficult thing about a pandemic situation is that a virus, a virus doesn't care. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't care who you are, doesn't care how much money you have, doesn't care how much money you've given to charity. The only thing that colossal amounts of wealth can do in that situation is mean, is, is result in the fact that you are going to be towards the back of the queue for the people who are most at risk and towards the front of the queue for the people who are most likely to survive. Yes. But absolutely. even 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 when they have sealed themselves away into this, you know, uh crenellated abbey, <laughs> uh death 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 finds its way in. And the the truly the horrific thing is, like all of their power and wealth become completely meaningless once that's happened <clears throat> yeah yeah I, th- I think that's the, that's one of the things about the um mask of the red death that kind of lines up really well with what's going on today yeah you know like um it was a couple days ago when the news story about harbor uh broke harbor is a I won't go as far as to say planned community but harbor is a retreat for the ultra wealthy in california who can uh you know, pay to go escape COVID-19 and you'll get to live in like a little secluded castellated abbey where you and other COVID free ultra wealthy people can just live like nothing different is happening. And like, it's, this is, this is literally the plot of the mask of the red death. It's a bunch of rich people trying to hide from the plague. But like the thing about plagues is that they really don't care about this kind of thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not like the plague is waiting to get on the guest list. I mean, it's, it's this idea that you can somehow, uh, you know, circumvent your own contingency, your own fragility. There was a there was a story a little while ago about someone who um, got invited to a meeting where some ultra high net worth people were talking about surviving the climate apocalypse, and they all realised they were probably going to need security guards 
to to kind of guard their their eco bunker in New Zealand somewhere. But the question was how the the most serious question was not how do you kind of take care of people. Their most serious question was right. How do I make sure that the people I've hired to keep me alive don't uh, stab me in my sleep? Uh, and that's you know they were coming up with the idea of like oh let's use bomb collars let's let's offer them gold let's offer like they'll do anything that it that they possibly can do to preserve themselves. But uh, viruses don't care. Viruses can't be bribed. Viruses can't be bought off. Um. Yeah, you can't. You can't expect the same maintenance of your own hegemonic power if you become someone who is um infected and and, and here, fact- in, herein lies like the twist with the with the the mask of the red death party slash harbor and things like that is that like the, the boss class these wealthy people they contribute less than nothing to society all they mm-hmm. contribute to society is detriment in order, in order to sustain any of these activities, they require a subjugated workforce, right? If, yep. you, if you want to have your castellated abbey where you go in seclusion, you need cleaners, you need cooks, you need uh, servants. Bodyguards, you servants. Bodyguards. You, you, yeah, you need a, a retinue of working class people in order to sustain your, your you know, delinquent existence. It is more proof, if it were needed, that of that old labor movement slogan, which is the boss needs you. You don't need him. Exactly. <laughs> and anytime these people do try and help, they manage to like colossally fuck it up. You were telling me about yes. Elon like what Elon Musk has just done, which I didn't know anything about. Yeah, so so um it's like like everything in Elon Musk's life, this started over a Twitter argument. You know, <laughs> Elon. I think I think like th- th- this is my rough knowledge of the history of this happening. But like somebody was like, Elon, why don't you send more ventilators? Because you're all powerful and super bene- like benevolent. And Elon was like, Well, there's no shortage currently. I will send some when a shortage appears. You know, and then he like ascended. God back into will the provide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Elon Musk giveth and Elon Musk taketh away. But what wound up happening is that, like, he was, um, he he started lying about it, and he was like, "Oh, we've got a shipment of emergency ventilators on the way. They're just they're currently uh, uh, held up at LAX airports. There's something something about importing them." And then, like, the, the official Twitter account for for LAX, the airport, responded with, "Like, hey, Elon, we have no record of this shipment at or going through our airport." Please provide us with more information so we can help get these ventilators to the needed hospitals or whatever. And like Elon Musk was called out by a fucking airport. (laughs) (laughs) But just just like a couple days ago, um, a a shipment of quote unquote ventilators with Tesla stickers on the boxes arrived at a hospital, but they were just CPAP machines. Which like, yes, those are a type of ventilator, but they are not the kind of ventilator hospitals are looking for right now. Uh... And it's like, like it's people. People are speculating that he just found like the lowest bidder for like a you know a, a pallet of CPAP machines, and then had like some unpaid intern slap on Tesla stickers for the cred. That's a hundred percent what happened. Any time, any time there is this, there's a kind of crisis. There is always a whole swathe of people who end up going, "Oh, there'll be a billionaire who will fix this." Like one, uh, it shows this kind of depressing. Uh, defeatism about what what a kind of states could do 
Um, and two, no, they can't. No, they won't. No, like yes. the people who are like, oh, Elon Musk is amazing for sending those ventilators. They're, they're, they are the, the, the people outside the Abbey gates of Prince Prospero's castellated Abbey going, you know what? They really deserve this party. They work very hard. <laughs> they're saving who they can save. And that's important. Yeah, you know, we, society will continue. Um, <laughs> like this, this idea that you know, we should in some way be grateful to to, to billionaires for their their tax avoiding philanthropy or their their ostentatious public displays of their beneficent power is genuinely so deeply offensive. <laughs> it's like. I, I'm I'm baffled at the at the mentality that goes into this. It it is it is the most ludicrous stuff in the world, and it's honestly it's just what happens when you don't have class consciousness. You know, like the, these these working class people, they have the class consciousness, but it's the class consciousness of the ultra wealthy. You know, they and they, they see people like Elon Musk, and they and they see somebody with unlimited resources who. Because according according to like the prevalent cultural logic, if you become that successful, you must be correspondingly good on a moral and yeah, spiritual level. Yeah, you must level. be a good person. And yeah. if you are not that wealthy, then somehow you have morally, uh, spiritually, existentially failed. And it's just like, like the rich are willing to do anything to circumvent the events of things like, you know, the Red Death and COVID-19, except for yeah. one thing, and that's you know the one thing that could ever stop these things and that's give working people power yeah what we we talked about this in the last one um which is like how do we get through this how do we how do we survive a genuinely world altering crisis we talked about this in the in the last one that the the only way the only way that we get through this is we get through this together and instead of kind of valorizing the individual billionaire who's going to come in and save us, um, I think we should be opening the gates of that abbey. <laughs> we should be, you know, we should just be letting should be letting in a figure wearing grave clothes to to track down Prince Prince Prospero, the billionaire uh, philanthropist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I, I think if, if we're to take this another step further too, I think it's I think there's a ready reading of the Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death that maps class consciousness onto the figure of the Red Death itself. You know, like mm-hmm. what what does the Red Death serve to do in 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 this play, if not metaphorically dismantle an oppressive ruling class? Yeah, absolutely. There's this there's this great um there's this great quote by uh Eugene Debs which I saw this morning, uh, which Deb said, you are satisfied with too little. The average worker with a wage that will keep body and soul together is content, and he is told that he is blessed to be content. I am doing what little I can to incite him to discontent. Intelligent discontent is the torchbearer of civilization. And it's like, yes, you don't, you don't have to be content with so little, right? There's, there is nothing that is too good for working class people. This idea that we should be grateful for 80% of our uh, salary or a marginal increase in statutory sick pay or sick pay at all or, or the chance of healthcare, we should be grateful. No, we shouldn't be satisfied with so little. 
there is there is there is a super abundance of resources in this world there is enough more than enough more like enough to enough to feed clothe house and take care of everyone multiple times over uh, and it is hoarded and stolen away by a group of people who would leave you to die if it would extend their own pleasure even a half second. So I think the temptation for lots of people is to kind of turn to a philanthropic outsider who's going to come and save us and make everything all better. But we do not have to settle for so little. I I could not agree with that more. I, I think that we've been duped into thinking that what we have is, is somehow opulent, right? You know, look at, look at all this language of like, especially in like, you know, places like the, the, the UK, right. Where, where it's just like, Oh, okay. Austerity, grin and bear it, you know, or in places like yeah. America, we have, we have an equivalent dialogue. That's just like, Oh, well you can do this on your own. You know, what you do on your own is more than worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, these, these are masks. These these are designed to get us to forget that, we could have so much more that this world is ours and a better world is immediately possible. We just have to take it. Yeah. Don't let them lie to you. Don't let them tell you that, you know, because of the crisis, we have to all make more sacrifices. Uh, we all have to put up with, with more suffering and with, with more pain. And we all have to, because, you know, the super rich never will. They'll never have to. Yeah, because they they have engineered a system by which they can lock themselves away in in an abbey for a six month party, whilst outside uh, people die in half an hour. You know, you don't have to die for the economy like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if if there's anything that's revealed the utter ridiculousness of of capitalist ideology is this idea oh we need to send people back to work you can't close down the economy yes we can yes we can and we can reorganize it and we can make it we're giving trillions of dollars a day to the stock market like the economy is fake the economy is not a real thing that exists in any meaningful way yeah like so so all the stuff will still be there if the if the hedge fund managers lose their billions of dollars you know, all the stuff will still be there. Right. It's, it's, not, like, it's not like there's a, a critical shortage in the supply chain that represents a material loss here. It's just these yeah. people's made up monopoly money that's vanishing. I mean, what was it Mark Fisher said in the in, infin, unfinished introduction to acid communism that capitalism does not create wealth. It prevents wealth. It is it is a choke on on the equitable distribution of resources in time of need, and it is no coincidence that the countries with the best and most positive response to this this ca- catastrophic crisis have been those with a strong socialist tradition. And I'm not going to get caught up in debates over you know is China socialist or not, whatever. But like places like uh, Vietnam, places like Cuba, uh, have done like pioneering, incredible work. Uh, precisely because there's this organization that doesn't depend upon just-in-time supply chains or exploitative capitalist systems to to cut healthcare systems to the bone and maximize profit at every single stage. Like capitalism can't yeah. deal with this kind of crisis. Yeah, no, no, I, I can't, I can't agree more. And I also like, I've got no interest in having like. I guess like intra-left sectarian bouts over like oh like how how socialist is China today. Like I, I don't I don't yeah. find that interesting. But what I do find interesting is that like which which countries have histories of 
of, uh, you know, like socialist uprisings and then like map that directly onto the countries that are currently actively calling for their workforce to march back to labor and all die. And yep. which countries are currently arguing for their workforce to intentionally infect themselves to create some kind of mysterious herd immunity. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we're, we're going to draw some pretty quick lines here over which countries are shooting themselves in the foot and which aren't. Yeah, you don't have to die so line goes up. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and, that, and to be quite honest, it's better for all of us when line goes down. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand how, how uh, the people on the right who are making that call can look at themselves in the mirror. Uh, it's, it's baffling to me, the sheer contempt uh, for just ordinary human life is is just genuinely a little bit chilling you know it's the same this is what poe writes about right the fact that mm -hmm. you can you can see people die sweating blood in half an hour and decide yeah you know what it's time for a party <laughs> yeah you know you know what's to be done about this uh me and a couple of my friends are going to go hide away in our secluded little abbey um and like you see you see so this yeah, too all over the place right now like you like like we were talking about earlier like you know like all all of like the um like like people in the UK who are like running away to their Spanish vacation homes and like the rich people in New York who are trying to flee to the Hamptons and all of these people yeah. are just spreading the plague with them. Yeah, and you know, these people who have bought second homes in often uh much more economically deprived rural areas that don't have any kind of health infrastructure. Like so if you carry that infection into this rural area, a whole lot of working class people are going to get it and going to die because there isn't the infrastructure to take care of them. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everyone who's fleeing to their like posh little retreats right now needs to take a really cold look in the mirror over what they've done. Yeah, I, 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 they absolutely need to be held accountable for it as yeah. well. So uh let's let's kind of wrap things you know the moral the moral of the story here what what is this what is this gonna tell us in this kind of day and age uh don't wait don't wait for the billionaires to come save us don't don't wait for the rich and the powerful to come save us because if horror tells us anything it's that they are not interested in you they they don't care about you they will happily watch you die the only way that we survive is we survive together and we leave those uh, a thousand noblemen in their crenellated abbey to serve as a gigantic mausoleum and warning of what happens when we forget the reality of class interests. Thanks for tuning in, creeps. And remember, stay spooky. <laughs>